When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to NFL Live, everyone. The NFL speaks today. As you see there, we're going to start to turn the page to week six, okay? You'll hear from the Jets head coach, Robert Sala, ahead of their game against the Eagles. Justin Fields is talking. Lamar Jackson, the star power at the podium across the league. We're going to bring you all of it for the next hour. So glad you're with us. Dan Orlovsky and Andrew Hawkins here, ready to chop it up with these guys. It's Whiteout Wednesday. Marcus Spears and Adam Schefter out there as well. We're going to begin with you, Adam. Big news today out of Indy. Oh, my God. What's happening? Okay. Um, Big news today out of Indy where rookie quarterback Anthony Richardson is headed to IR. Adam, what does that mean for him? It means he'll be sidelined for a minimum of four games, Laura. It could be longer. was told it's a four- to eight-week injury depending on how the rehab goes, depending on whether or not he needs surgery, which they have not made a decision on yet. They do not want to rush this process. They do not want to rush him. I think the Colts learned something from their experiences with Andrew Luck. And so they're going to be exceedingly patient with Anthony Richardson, give him the time he needs to get well, and we'll see how long that turns out to be. The good news is it doesn't sound as bad as they initially thought. His ligaments in his shoulder do appear to be intact, but surgery is not out of the question. And for now, it could be anywhere from four to eight weeks with Gardner Minshew stepping in to replace him. Wow. I mean, when you invest in someone as a top five pick, it makes sense why you would handle this the way that they are. To your point also, Adam, the pass matters here. Dan, obviously it's bad news for the team, right? But just how much does this time away hurt Richardson's development? A lot. It's the one thing you didn't want to have happen this year for the Indianapolis Colts and Andy Richardson. Not get him on the field. Coming out, it was he needs to play. He needs reps. He needs experience. And I think he started four games in the NFL now. He's only finished one. You know, and this is a young guy that when he's been on the field – it's like, oh my goodness, this guy looks to be a really special talent and the opportunity to be a big-time player. So I think the big takeaway is as big and as fast and as strong and as powerful you are, and we watch Jalen Hurts do a lot of different stuff, take the advice of Trevor Lawrence from week one. you got to learn when and when not to. And the biggest thing is while you're an incredible athlete, avoid as many hits as possible, especially in not situational football. So it's, it's like the one thing that you didn't want for Anthony Richardson. Yep. Hopefully he comes back as soon as possible. Yeah, all this means now that Gardner Minshew is taking over as QB1. Colts head coach Shane Steichen talked about what Minshew brings to the table. Gardner does a great job of going in and operating, like I said, at a high level and finds completions and move the ball. Obviously, we move the ball really well when Gardner's went in there and uh, have a ton of confidence in his abilities. You know, he's played a good amount of football in this league, and as you guys have seen, you know, obviously the Baltimore game, he started, he came in against Houston, obviously came in again. Um, he's played at a high level. We just got to continue that. All right, so, Hawk, let's look ahead with at least the next four weeks yeah. that you're taking over. Anything need to change scheme-wise for Indy? Yeah, I mean, the coaches are going to have to really reach into their bag a little bit because with Anthony Richardson, you get these explosive plays that you can't really game plan for. He makes them with his legs. He makes them with that huge arm talent that he has. And not to say Minshew can't make some big plays. He will, and he usually does down the stretch. 
but it needs to be replaced by committee. They have to scheme those wide receivers open. They have to get the ball out of his hands to their running backs because they create big plays with yards after catch when Minshew is in there. You'll see the receivers some on, on some of the crossers, some of the flat routes, the screens, the getting the ball out to the running backs on those flare routes, and they make big plays. Doing that at a uh, consistent clip allows Minshew to play within his self and creates those opportunities that they've shown that Minshew can win games down the stretch. It's two things I like about this. Is is one, Garner Minshew is with a coach that he's very familiar with. Mm, sure. So they already speak in the same language. Mm-hmm. He's had to come into some big games, and we've seen them put up a number of points, especially last year when he had to play in place of Jalen Hurts against the Cowboys. Even in the losing effort, I think they got up high 30s or 40 in that game. And you think about what you have from a communication standpoint. And then the second thing, competence within the organization to have a backup that understands the system that he's in. And Dan, you make a great point earlier when you talked about Anthony Richardson learning when and when not to. I think for a lot of us, and you and Hawk can relate to this, when we get to the league, we don't realize how fast it is and how fast the guys are that you're playing against. I still think he's trying to make that adjustment. Remember we were talking about how he pulled up in the end zone thinking that he wasn't going to get popped? It's a different animal up there, but I like that Gordon Mitchell is in the building because the language is the same. Yeah, it's worth remembering, too, that um, Anthony Richardson played sparingly at Florida. He didn't have a lot of playing time in general. I know. You you hate it for him. To your point, it's one of the worst things that could have happened, but um, he He's still trying to learn a lot about the game, although uber-talented. Let's get Adam Schefter back in here for some top stories. Let's start in Cleveland, Adam, with Deshaun Watson. The other notable quarterback story from today, Laura, Deshaun Watson did not practice due to a bruised rotator cuff. You'll remember he didn't play in the game before the bye. There was a thinking that after the bye he might be ready to go, but the fact that they're back at practice today and Deshaun Watson was a no-go cast some serious question as to his availability Sunday versus the 49ers. P.J. Walker would start if he can't. As for the Miami Dolphins rookie standout running back, Devon Achan, he was placed on injured reserve today. He will be out a minimum of four games. And keep in mind, the Dolphins' bye comes during that time. So he will be out at least until week 11 against Mm. the Las Vegas Raiders. Jeff Wilson Jr. poised to be back in the Dolphins' backfield to complement Raheem Mostert. And the Jets lost their best offensive lineman, another Achilles injury in New York. Elijah Vera Tucker officially placed on injured reserve today. That's two straight years. He saw his season end in Denver last year, had an arm injury. This year, tears his Achilles. Both years, a devastating result for the New York Jets offensive line. Elijah Vera Tucker out for the year. Yeah, never a good time for anybody to be out for the year, but especially this week without Vera Tucker, the Jets offensive line is going to be tested right out of the gate. They're going to face Jalen Carter and this Eagles defense on Sunday. Carter off to a dominant start to his career as he ranks second in the NFL in pass rush win rate as an interior defender. He's in some impressive company on that list, which includes the guy he replaced in Philly in Javon Hargrave. Really impressive as a rookie. Here's Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni and Jets head coach Robert Sala in the matchup. Defensively, same thing. Their front, uh, very similar to ours in its depth. They come at you in waves. They're they're very talented. They're very they're aggressive. They're violent, and, uh, and they're sound in the back end. So it's a uh, it's a challenge. You have to make sure that their best players don't beat you while also maintaining the other good players that they have. And so that's 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 a you know that's a that's a challenge each week in this league um, because there's so many good players out there. 
Marcus, let's stay on that Eagles defense and Carter specifically. Ah. Okay, why has he found so much success early in his career? <laughs> Look at your face. Y'all thought I was playing when I had that reaction at the draft. Y'all thought it was a game. I knew what was about to happen. And what was about to happen is what I'm about to show you against the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, the quickness in which the decisiveness in which he wins rushes and the freak athletic ability and strength. This is a double move to get after Stafford. The ability to just push the pocket from the center. Y'all know I've been on this. But this is the one. The league now is about winning early and winning quick. Look at this move. This is just a simple arm over. But the athleticism of the big fella and his ability to finish on the quarterback. So they led Javon Hargrave walk, and we like, what the hell are they doing? If they're going to try to make another run at this thing, why would they do that? Oh, to go get him and, and maybe have a better interior guy to get after the passer. It's, it's, it's ridiculous, but it's good. And it's ridiculous because it doesn't bode well for the team I cheer for. All right, so one of my favorite things in TV is when you do tapes. So I honestly love them because I think, like, I learned so much. The second clip, Marcus, if you talk to any offensive line coach, if they tell you what's the one thing they cannot have happen in pass protection, it's to lose early or lose inside. And both of those happened at the same time. Lose early, lose inside, we're dead. Um, You know, when I watch Philly's defense, Marcus, I'm like – it's different this year than it was last year. And I think mm-hmm. it's different in a better way. I honestly believe Sean Desai, who comes over as their new defensive coordinator, they are better when they play man coverage and are pressure-based. I think it allows their rushers yes. to have those one-on-one options. <clears throat> I think their coverage unit is way more aggressive. Now, I'm not sitting here telling everybody that, and this is really the change that happened in the second half last week. The Rams were really good in the first half. The second half, it became way more, here comes pressure and we're gonna play man coverage. And I'm not sitting here telling everyone like, hey, we're going to play man-to-man every down or press man. But if you watch Philly, they played with pressure, meaning blitzed. And they played like a little bit of off man. When the defensive backhawk, you know this is like mm-hmm. maybe five or six yards off. I think they are way better as a defense this year in that kind of setting than even they were last year when they were playing that middle field open yep. zone. Absolutely. I mean, they're going to have their chances as a defense going against Zach Wilson. Because one thing Zach Wilson is doing is he's processing just a tick slow. Mm. Now, if you look at this video last week, there was a corner route that he misses because he sees it and then throws it. This is a mistake a lot of young quarterbacks with a big arm talent had. Josh Allen had a little bit of it coming in. You wait to see the route open before you pull the trigger. And the problem is everything happens so fast to Marcus's earlier point. And that window closes very, very quickly, even on a reception there where it's like, oh, it's a completion. That should have been a catch and run on an over route because it's even on his first read. It's not that he's Mm -hmm. processing the the coverage. He is waiting to see it open before he throws it and he's putting it in a bad situation. Two things that I'll pay attention to in this game specifically is if the Eagles do play a little bit more man, that's when Zach had that best game against the Chiefs, when it was man coverage. Mm -hmm. And to your point, like it was definitely, I'm throwing it to that guy, but he still had great ball placement. So I totally agree with that. The second thing is the Eagles defense has struggled with motion. And we talked a lot at the beginning of this week of how the Jets have ran the football really well when they motion. I want to see who kind of wins that battle, motion versus the Philadelphia Eagles defense. Yeah, I was over here thinking this might be a little bit of a um, down-to-earth moment for Zach Wilson after a little bit of a high note, but now you made me change my mind a little bit since you think there might play into his hand. I don't know. It's interesting stuff. New on NFL Live, some news out of Detroit, Adam. What's going on there? Well, Laura, as the Lions prepare for a big game Sunday in Tampa against the Buccaneers, there are some injury concerns. 
Lions running back Jameer Gibbs did not practice today due to the hamstring injury that held him out of last week's game against Carolina. But Amon Ross St. Brown, who also missed that game against Carolina, was back in a limited fashion. That obviously bodes well for Amon Ra, not as well for Jameer Gibbs, and we'll see how the rest of the week shakes out with the Detroit Lions and their injuries. Yeah, Dan showed us yesterday how that Lions offense is working mm. no matter who's at receiver. Yep. Thanks to Adam for the latest. He's with us all hour, and we're just getting started here on NFL Live. Rookie C.J. Stroud set to take on the Saints defense, which is coming off a Week 5 shutout. Stay tuned to hear the one defender Marcus thinks could be huge in stopping Stroud. Plus, one of our favorite weekly segments, it's Lost in Translation. We're going to try and make sense of all the things like this. I do feel like that last hour right now. This is really cool. We don't have this. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. When it comes to competition, this is nothing new to me. Here comes the lion in me. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Teams can game plan however they want against us. We're going to be able to do whatever we want. Best thing about Baker Mayfield right now, he's like an underground rapper. He's a mixtape god. Fire the cannon. Great throw by Mayfield. I'm having fun again. All about football. No BS. us here on NFL Live. Time to read and react to some of the quarterbacks speaking today. You just saw Baker Mayfield. We're going to start there in Tampa where Mayfield addressed the media. Yeah, I mean, obviously I want to play on time. You know, you have your plays designed, you practice it, you get them on time and uh, out there on the practice field. But uh, things happen in a game. And so your guys have to stay alive. O-line's got to block forever that, and if they have to. And, uh, yeah, you just got to make it work somehow. It, it never goes perfectly as scripted on the practice plan to the game field. So it, it you have to find ways to make it work. What's been key to Baker Mayfield's turnaround with the Buccaneers, Marcus? One boogie under the radar, no first overall expectations. Seems like he's playing free. Having Mike Evans and Chris Godwin doesn't hurt at all. And he seems to have an understanding about when to not only let the ball go, but when to use his legs as well. But just leaning into playing football and nothing else. When you see Baker now, it looks like he's playing with some rhythm. It looks like he's playing freer. And I don't know if the situation, because Tampa didn't have many expectations coming into the season, and it was a great marriage between him. I don't know if he's he's, uh, overcoming the pressure of where – what is he as a quarterback and starting to ascend, but he's playing great, but he's playing free, which Mm. is the most important thing. 
Yeah, I, I think we've all always felt like Baker Mayfield just plays better when he's an underdog of sorts, and he certainly was one Absolutely. heading to Tampa Bay. All right, let's talk a little bit more about Chicago and Justin Fields. He's actually speaking to the media right now. We were able to pull some of his sound bites there from the press conference. Here's what he said about their mindset after the win last week, Dan. Not really a sense of relief um, because we knew that we could do it the whole time. So I think at this point it's now just keeping it going um, and, you know, putting up the same amount of points and, uh, you know, being uh, efficient, you know, as we have been the past two weeks. So Somebody's alarm went off there. Yeah, like maybe feel an like alarm I need to or a cell phone or something. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's impressed you from Fields in recent weeks, Dan? The Bears are getting ready to play Minnesota on Sunday. Well, he said efficient. I would say that you guys were efficient because you were explosive, mm. especially in situations to DJ Moore. So I want to see more of that, the conviction, the aggressiveness, and the ability to throw the ball downfield. Also, five quarterback runs last week. But most importantly, Justin was really good throwing the football away in situations when no one was open. That's one of the knocks on Justin that he could control control is holding on to it too long and then taking so many sacks the more he can say okay the defense won the rep I just got to get rid of this football no one's open the better it's going to be for their offense and that's one of the roles as a quarterback job wise is like hey man no one got open I'm going to get rid of the football and then coach call better play if they can do that if he does that again and they stay aggressive and convicted to DJ Moore downfield I honestly believe this offense can play consistently the way we saw last week. I mean, Dan, these numbers with Fields and DJ Moore are crazy. Fields has a 99.1 QBR when targeting DJ Moore. That's the, the best by any QB receiver duo this season. It just keeps going up. It Throwing was 98 before. All right, let's go to Miami, where Tua Tungavailoa spoke about his historic start in South Florida. Listen to this. Oh, it would be nothing. Um, cool ball or nothing? Yeah, sure. That, that, that'd definitely be cool. Um, if if we don't get to where we want to as a team, that'll, I mean, none of that would, would mean anything to me. Um, but along the way, if we could get to where we want to get to as a team and those statistics could follow um, in helping win games, I, I'd be very happy. Hawk, as good as two has been, you still want to see some areas of improvement. What are those? Yeah, absolutely. Marcus pointed this out to us, and he's absolutely right. Where Tua can get better is being poised in those situations where he gets past his first read or his second read to the same side of the field because he gets a little antsy. He starts to panic. Now, look, we are splitting hairs here because he's played incredible, but any football player will tell you we don't sit in the meeting room looking for opportunities to pat ourselves on the back. <laughs> we look for opportunities to get better. He can get better by being poised in the noise, trusting his elite processing ability, yeah. and know that if there's an answer to the test, he's going to find it. Yeah, look, and we're talking about this because we think they could be a playoff team. They, they probably should be. Now, you may be wondering, why was Tua Tungavailoa wearing Ohio State gear in the press conference? Let's explain this a little bit. So his brother, Talia, plays for Maryland. He's been having a great year. Unfortunately, though, Maryland lost to Ohio State. It was a bit of a heartbreaker for them. So Tua lost a bet with Eli Apple and maybe somebody else on that Miami Dolphins squad. I actually love that, Hawk, when we get, like, the college bets going throughout the season. There's a lot of that that goes on in the NFL. Absolutely. I, I definitely participated in the college alma mater bets. I went to the max, so there wasn't as many <laughs> players that I played against, but you get it. Where'd we you go, Toledo? You know it. Oh, yeah, don't start, Dan. Who'd you go get? Y'all get hammered by in the bowl game. Don't start, Dan. Uh, Dan. 2004, really, Dan? Yeah, what, too soon. Um, either way, Hawk never lost a bet. Coming up on NFL Live, it's Wednesday. You know what that means. It's wide out Wednesday. We're going to stay tuned Woo-woo. to see Hawk and Dan talking on the touchscreen about Jamar Chase, that 15-catch performance against the Cardinals. Don't miss it. It's all next on NFL Live. We should start some college bets on this show. Oh, wait, we already have. Dan. 
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. It's Wide Out Wednesday. Dan and Hawk, take it away. When does he know time to get inside? Game plan within the game plan. Don't do what's on the paper. Do what you know. We call Better it squirrel. Squirrel. We squirrel. Call it, I want to work backwards here. I am licking my chops because it's time to eat. This is why he's such a smart football player. This is the fastest feed outside the world. Hey, if I tried that now, I would tear everything. You have my permission to slap him to sleep. Six six worth of Connecticut swag. Whoa, whoa! That Let's was get dope. it. That was dope. Why not Wednesday? Yay! Who are we talking about? You smacking some, like slapping somebody? Who were you gonna say that to? Disrespected Mike Evans. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, oh, all right. So there has been some people who that. disrespected the Bengals and Jamar Chase. Mm. Nineteen targets last week, three touchdowns. We wanted to dive into his first touchdown down in the red zone, mm-hmm. and it call, it's called an end zone or end line return route. Jamar yep. Chase at the very top of the screen in the bunch concept. So there's a couple of wide receiver rules you got to know in the red zone. Number one, protect the football. That's gold everywhere, but it's diamonds in the red zone. Make sure it's insured. Number two, when you catch it, get vertical. Get what you can get. No dancing around. And number three, the most important as it pertains to this route, everything happens faster. So hurry. But don't rush. All right, okay. so we got this inline return back of the, 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 the end zone. Yep. First, you diagnose the coverage pre-snap. So take it back for me. Yeah. Big indicator of what the coverage is, when they motion Irwin across the formation, you'll see a safety goes with them. So that tells me at wide receiver, this is man-to-man. Man-to-man and coverage. And I know exactly how I'm going to run They're this bumping route. the coverage, essentially. They're transferring information, transferring responsibility. Absolutely. So there's only so many routes that you have in the red zone because the, sh- the field is, sh- is, is, is shrunk. Yeah. So you got to know that there's only certain things that the defense is expecting. One of those is that basic route across the back of the end zone or short dagger. People call it different things. But this corner, as soon as he releases inside, his mind goes to, that's what I'm protecting. So now... Jamar Chase is going to give him everything in his playbook to make him diagnose and truly believe that he is crossing that back line of the end zone. So his goal right there when he gets inside is to get that defensive back to think that he's running one of those back end line routes and the quarterback's going to throw up high at his face mask? Exactly. So the things that he does to sell that, if you take it back a little bit, number one, he looks early before he cuts in. Number two, he makes sure that he gives eyes back to the quarterback and he does not cut or uh, transition to the second part of the route until he sees that corner's eyes go back to Joe Burrow. So he's right when he sees that corner and when he's peeking back and that corner peeks back, that's when he's thinking, okay, I'm going to pivot off that route. Exactly. And look at his depth right here, Dan. So you see where he's at. We call this top of the paint. 
Okay. This is important because you gotta allow yourself space to cut and transition to the corner of the end zone. We call it top of the paint because in every NFL end zone, yeah. the team name is painted. It yeah. is three yards from that back end line. Yeah. So you know if I cut here, I'll have enough space to go back without being pushed out because if I get pushed out of bounds, I'm dead to rights. No one knows the back of the end zone better than me, but I'm with you on that Oh, one. yeah, okay, my bad. Uh, <laughs> too soon. All right, so check this out. Now we got the ISO. We give eyes to the quarterback, so I'm waiting till he looks back before I make that cut. Now watch him. As soon as he feels the cornerback looking, he transitions away from the quarterback, okay. tight ropes the back end line, and voila. We got Jamar Chase's first touchdown of the season. Is there anything that you tell the quarterback when you're running that, that in-breaking route? Like, mm -hmm. hey, do you, is that something you would tell the quarterback, do not throw it until I show you that indicator of dropping my hips and whirling around? Once I see that corner peak, that's when I'm going to break. Because Joe, like Joe's got to move a little bit here, so he's got to yep. have some trust that Jamar's going to get open in that moment. This takes a lot of trust because yeah. you have to be patient, right? Hurry, but don't rush. And you got to, I would tell the quarterback, hey, I'm not cutting until his eyes go. It might be three more steps till that happens. So you have to buy time, but if you do, we'll have a wide open TD. So hurry, meaning get into your route, be patient, because if you go too soon there, you're not going to sell that corner. That's Absolutely. the be patient, Absolutely. be patient, come across, and then spin out of it. So all, all Joe Burrow has to do is wait on him, deliver a ball, and we got six, baby. Who I day? love it. Are the Bengals back? Bengals are back, baby. They never I left. Dan, you tripping? <laughs> Man, we love a back-of-the-end-zone joke here. Uh, on NFL Live, Lamar Jackson <laughs> talked today on improving after the loss of the Steelers. Uh, I, I believe we, we, headed on the right, we headed to the right track. You know, um, each and every week we've been having explosive plays, but we haven't been consistent, and that's the biggest emphasis for us right now. And I believe, you know, Sunday in line, it'll be, it'll be a lot of explosive plays, and hopefully we'll be consistent. We haven't had that before. You know, that was the first time it happened. It happened in a rival game, you know, but we didn't want it to happen. Um, but I, I, I believe our guys locked in right now, and they're they going to they gonna be better. So will I. Marcus, what went wrong for Lamar last week? Well, obviously, we showed the drops, Boogie. But even in the situation where you had all of those things transpire during the game, you had an opportunity to try to get in the end zone late in that game, and Lamar threw a red zone interception. And here's the thing. The, the loss is not blamed on Lamar. That's not what this is about. It's about in those particular situations, he can't be a part of the issue. And the issue in this particular one was the interception late in the game. Now, I didn't like the play Dan pointed out when it happened about the space and the time that was needed in order to execute this call. But ultimately, what Lamar Jackson has to do is what Lamar Jackson has been doing since he entered into this league. Overcome adversity. And in this particular time, he was a part of that adversity. And he can't be going forward, which I don't expect him to continue to be. Yeah, it feels like the fumble late in the game, things like that just won't happen again for this Ravens team. I'm optimistic Can, enough to... Just put that in the past. All right, let's get Adam Schefter back in here as we take a look at our top stories today. We start in Indianapolis with news, Adam, on their rookie quarterback. Anthony Richardson placed on injured reserve, which means he's automatically out for four weeks minimum, Laura. Now, the idea here is that he's going to take his time. He's already doing range of motion exercises, but this is considered anywhere from four to eight weeks, depending on whether or not he still could have surgery, which is possible. As for the Giants quarterback, Daniel Jones did not practice today. The Giants head coach Brian Dayball said that Daniel Jones' neck is still sore. This is not related to the previous neck injury that Daniel Jones had, at least 
so he says, but the fact that he didn't practice today is not an encouraging sign. If he can't start Sunday night in Buffalo, former Bills quarterback Tyrod Taylor would. Mac Jones was confirmed as the Patriots starting quarterback, despite the fact that the Patriots have scored only three points the last two weeks, despite the fact that they've gone 39 consecutive drives without a touchdown. They are sticking with Mac Jones against the Las Vegas Raiders. And good news for the Chargers as they're expected to have their running back Austin Eckler back after he missed some time earlier this season with that ankle injury. And now he says he's 99% sure he's playing Monday night against the Dallas Cowboys. A good sign for the Chargers getting him back against a Dallas team that'll be primed after it was embarrassed on national TV Sunday night. Yeah, Adam Eckler hadn't played since week one, but remember he had 164 scrimmage yards and a touchdown in the Chargers' loss to the Dolphins. Speaking of that Monday night football game, well, the Sunday NFL Countdown crew has you covered for week six, 10 a.m. Eastern. And then on Monday, Scott Van Pelt and the Monday night Countdown crew get you set for Cowboys Chargers, a two-hour pregame show starting at 6 Eastern, both on ESPN and the app. Still to come here on NFL Live, C.J. Stroud in for his biggest test yet against a fired-up Saints defense. When we come back, Hawk tells us what he'd like to see from the young QB and his receiving core in this matchup. Don't miss it. It's all next right here on NFL Live on ESPN. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's a fine line between drinking wine and squashing grapes. On the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. Hmm? When it's grim, be the grim reaper. Are you watering and are you fertilizing every day? So when it's time to pop, it'll pop. I feel like a mermaid and everybody else is like dogs. You got to see if they can swim. I'm going to take them on the island. We need volunteers, not hostages. You're arguing with your girl and she says, I'm sorry. Like, all right, let's, let's watch a movie now. We're good. You know, phew. quotes gets me every single week. Time to check in on what was lost in translation around the league this week. We're going to start with Dan Campbell in Detroit, who's been known to mix in a trick play from time to time. Here's why he says he does it. I know it's it's a lot of eye candy out there, but I don't, you know. Physicality still at the heart of it, I guess. Too. It's always going to be the heart of it, because that's what I think sets up all that other stuff. You know? That's the, oh, hey, look here, and then... <laughs> <laughs> He also has a shirt that said salty on it. Uh, what's he trying to tell us here, Marcus? <laughs> He's trying to tell us the art of diversion. And <laughs> actually, when you're in college, it's a lot of eye candy, but you got to make sure you stay locked in. Hey. That's why I'm almost 20 years married, because <laughs> I stayed locked in and didn't get caught up with the eye candy that was walking around LSU campus. So there it is. That's what Dan's yeah. telling y'all. I'm going to give you a little eye candy More to see if I can divert your attention for what really matters, and then we end up with a touchdown. Yeah. Hey, if anyone's seen Isha, you know, She's the real candy. They weren't right. interested, bro. Yeah. Eye ah, candy. that's a good point. Uh, to the Dolphins next. Where Coach Mike Daniel was asked about the historic output five weeks into the season. <laughs> um, mission accomplished. We had the whole time, the whole offseason, all we that was our goal was 
um, output after five games. <laughs> Hit him with the. Uh, I the wish finger. I could be friends uh, with this dude. Yeah, what's he really trying to say, Dan? <laughs> like, we're really good, and there's nothing that you guys can really do or say about it. So, just in case we don't make it to and win the Super Bowl, just remember this moment that we were the best offense in the history of the NFL after five games. No, no jokes aside, I think Mike McDaniel is like, listen, it's been awesome, but as great as it's been, he's very aware that. This team's got bigger and better on their sites, sort of, sort of like Marcus did at oh, LSU's campus. Oh, goodness. Uh, then there's Bill Belichick, who could be featured in this segment every week with his evasive answers. Take a listen. <laughs> you used the phrase uh, starting over. I think last time we spoke to you, what does that specifically entail the last two days? Yeah, that's what I just said. Fundamentals, things that will help us play better. Is that just on the players? Is that coaching staff starting yeah, all, over? Yeah, all of us. Yeah, we're looking at everything. Is there self-reflection in that too? What can the coaching staff and everyone do better? Everyone. Mm. Everyone. Uh, Hawk, can you help us out here? What does Bill really want to say about his quarterback? Yeah, I'm going to translate Bill Belichick language into Mike McDaniel language. <laughs> um, thank you so much for making me aware that my quarterback has defenders lining up for pick sixes like Taylor Swift tickets. Uh, I had no idea that he was playing bad. Wow, this is such news to me because I don't see them practice every day. And I bet if you keep asking me, I bet just maybe it's going to help us figure this out. So keep that coming, guys. Oh, I loved it. All right. He said Taylor Swift and Kiss. Why you got to do that to my guy, Mac? I'm just saying it's the stats of the stats. Man. I like Mac. Yeah, we do. All right, uh, Swagoo is still laughing from earlier. True. Let's go to Houston. The Texans <laughs> lost a tight game in Atlanta last Sunday. C.J. Stroud continued, though, an impressive start to his career. Stroud has now thrown 186 passes without being intercepted. The longest streak by any player to begin a career in NFL history. I knocked on some wood there for him, don't you worry. Stroud will be tested this week against the Saints defense that has picked off seven passes this season, tied for the third most in the NFL. Stroud spoke to the media earlier today. For me, like, I just want to keep building trust and keep putting it on the field and keep playing well because uh, I know I can and I have that confidence in myself. But just as quick as you get comfortable and want to think that your, your stuff doesn't stink, that's when you get shot so, um, or, or, or make a mistake that you shouldn't make. So for me, I'm just staying on the little, te- de- little details and get better every day. We could have submitted that one for loss in translation too. But uh, Marcus, <laughs> this Saints defense is legit though. <laughs> Yeah, they legit. All I want is 2016 Dak back off that graphic. But mm. we talking Aww. about CJ Stroud, so I'm gonna go there. Um, listen, this is this is this is going to it's be so this is going to be his biggest test, man. Biggest test yes. because of the the experience and the way that these guys play. Demario Davis is at the heart of this defense. They understand how to give you disguise. It's a very fast defense, physical, and they like to get up and press against wide receivers, but. And that's the mental part of the game that we hear Dan talk about with these young quarterbacks. What do I do if the run game is not working and they know I'm passing? What do I do when we're not on schedule? What do I do when we get third and long two series back to back? Do I try to go out and be Superman or do I stay within what yeah. we've seen CJ do and just be poised and comfortable? That'll be tested this week. I agree. Two of the things that I think the Saints defense are when it comes to standard setters in the NFL. Number one, I think they're the best simulated defense or simulated pressure defense in the NFL. What I mean by that is 
showing six or seven guys at the line of scrimmage, and they're only going to rush four guys. It's a yeah. simulated pressure. Only four are going to pressure, but what four? You're trying to figure out as a quarterback, mm -hmm. and then who's dropping into coverage. That'll be a huge challenge. And then also, I think they are the standard when it comes to defensively. They know the weakness of what defense they're in, and they know that the quarterback knows how to attack it, and so they protect against that really mm -hmm. well. I think that is going to be the two biggest things to challenge C.J. Stroud this mm -hmm. week, and it's, it's a big deal. I, I would love to see the Houston Texans push the ball down the field. Push it deep. You have these young receivers. You have a quarterback that can throw it. Last week, I don't feel like they took enough shots. And when they're playing at their best, that is what they're doing. And if you look at this Saints defense, they are a veteran group, especially up front, to the point of Marcus and Dan. But when you have veteran guys, yeah. they typically can't run the same. Yeah. And you'll have an opportunity down the field, but they got to take it. You watch the Packers late in that game, yeah. that's what they did, and that's how they came back. I, I also think yeah. a thing that will show itself if this game is tight near the, the end is C.J. Stroud's legs. When you're playing against defenses that are like this, Hawk, you know this, with mm -hmm. those two safeties and, and kind of like the, the, tra mm -hmm. the carry or, or man coverage underneath – if they don't count for him, there's going to yeah. be some seams with his legs. Uh, Stroud could also be without one of his top targets in this game. Rookie wideout Tank Dell in concussion protocols. It's something to watch out for as well. That can make a huge impact on it. Whoa. Next, the Broncos suffered a tough loss to the Jets on Sunday. A lot of blame has been placed on Russell Wilson, but Dan and Marcus don't agree with that. They'll explain next on NFL Live. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Well, next week, Monday Night Football at SoFi Stadium for what should be a great game. Justin Herbert and the Chargers hosting Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. They're looking for a big win. 8 Eastern on ABC ESPN and ESPN Deportes. And in celebration of Hispanic Heritage Month, the ESPN Deportes telecast with Rebecca Landa's call will air on ESPN2. Landa is the first woman, you see her there, to do play-by-play -play for an NFL game on Spanish-language TV in the U.S. and is the Monday Night Football voice on ESPN Deportes this season. She has been an analyst for Deportes as well as a sideline reporter, and she also won a gold medal for Mexico at the Flag Football World Games last year. Make sure you check out Rebecca on ESPN2 this week. So awesome to see this happen. New on NFL Live, by the way, Justin Jefferson officially placed on the IR today. Here's his quarterback, Kirk Cousins, earlier today on Life Without Jefferson in Minnesota. We never knew how they were going to defend Justin week to week. You know, you, you had your ideas, but you also knew that it's multiple. You know, sometimes defending Justin is, is um, they can do it in completely different ways, back-to-back -back plays. So um, that variety, I think, also helps us be prepared maybe for what we could see now. Adam, any sense of the timeline of Jefferson and his return to the field? Well, here's the issue, Laura. Right now, it's a minimum of four games, as we know, by being placed on injured reserve. And the Vikings are off to a one-and-four start. If their season continues to slip away and they do not win games, you wonder what Justin Jefferson's motivation will be to come back mm. when he did not get a contract done and he's in the last year of his deal. You remember Cooper Cup last year? The Rams were going to keep bringing him back. They never brought him back. It obviously didn't happen. In this particular case, I would say this. If the Vikings do their job and win games, Justin Jefferson cares enough and is competitive enough that I would think he'll be back. If they don't, I think it becomes a question mark about when we will see him again or if we'll see him again. But they have to do their part to win to make it such that they need him and it's important for him to play. 
If it's not important for him to play, there is the important business of him still landing the deal that he didn't get this past offseason. Yeah, we're kind of keeping a side eye, too, on Kirk Cousins, potentially. He's got the no-trade clause, but you never know. Um, Sunday will be the first time in Jefferson's career that he misses a game. Let's talk about week six, kicking off tomorrow night, thanks to Shefty in Kansas City. Jeremy Fowler posting today that Travis Kelsey is rehabbing aggressively to be ready for Thursday night because, quote, he hates missing games. Kelsey officially listed as questionable. As for the other offense in that game, though, Russell Wilson's season has been a tale of two halves. In the first half, Wilson leads the NFL in completion percentage and ranks fourth in QBR. However, in the second half of games, Wilson has posted the worst QBR in the league, and the Broncos' offense has been held to eight points per game in the second half. It it makes you kind of think defenses are adjusting. But, Dan, Uh, what do you make of those splits from Russ? I think that's a little bit more attached to if you watch early in games, he uses his legs really well. Later in games, specifically in the second half, their offensive line just usually gets overwhelmed by pretty good pass rush units, and that's the biggest thing they're not able to hold up. Listen, this defense gives up 36 points a game. Russell Wilson looks completely different this year than he did last year in a much better way. Mm -hmm. Number one, under Sean Payton, the play-action pass screen game has showed up. The backs have been big with the pass catching. They formation into the boundary. It's man-to-man. You're just leaving that linebacker there. Now you clear out those second-level defenders with the pass concepts. The center gets out in front. This has been the story for this offense when it comes to their backs catching passes. It's a staple of Sean Payton. That's been something that's been shown that's really good. Number two, I think they should live with Jerry Judy as the number three receiver. You got man-to-man up top and the number one and number two. Those are the guys furthest away from the ball. That gives Jerry Judy a ton of space. And then you just have those outside receivers kind of lock down defenders. Jerry Judy's got the two-way go there. That's why you see that seam or inside release and then he breaks out. That's been something that they've lived on. They need to do a ton of it on Thursday night. And then Marvin Mims in the deep ball. They've got 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends. All the tight ends, offensive line and back, are going to be in protection. Eight-man protection. Cortland Sutton at the top. He gets that defender near the bottom of the screen to stay low. And then Mims, their second-round pick out of Oklahoma, who's got great speed. Russell Wilson, that's become a little bit of his Tyler Lockett down in Denver. So the play-action pass screen game, they got to have a bunch of that tomorrow night. That's been great. Jerry Judy at the three position, meaning the guy closest to the quarterback, two-way go. I know you love that. Yep. And then he has absolutely locked in Marvin Mims as their big play wide receiver. Mm. Look, I completely agree. And the play caller and the receivers got to do their part, too. Because when I watched that film from a week ago, receivers weren't coming open until down the field because they're calling long, developing route concepts. And to your point, they don't have the protection for that. Russell Wilson is running for his life. So I need the play callers to maybe schematically say, okay, either it's not the right scheme or it's the talent of why we're not protecting. But let's get our receivers open a little I think sooner. it's a little bit of that seven or eight-man protection because mm-hmm. I don't think Russell's the quick game quarterback. You no, know, I think, he's not. You know what I'm saying? Like, But it, there's something has to give I because agree. he's not that quarterback, but the, the plays that they're calling, he yeah. can't execute. Yeah. So for receivers, you're going to see more man-to-man this week, and you've seen it at a low count. They didn't do well getting open a week ago against the Jets, only had two receptions. you got to beat man coverage. you got to beat it quick. So Russell Wilson has outlets. Mm-hmm. I think that's the point, Hawk, because we've seen Kansas City give up some things in man-to-man. And we know Spags is aggressive, but when we saw him against Zach Wilson, it was a lot of one-on-one plays that they were able to make first first game of the year against Detroit and Minnesota. This was a 27-20 game, and every time they decided to bring pressure, you had to match up one-on-one in Hawkinson here for a 19-yard game. These are the plays that you have to hit if you're Russell Wilson. On the outside, you get man-to-man again, and this is what Kansas City is going to live with because they like to pressure and play man-to-man in certain situations. 
Cousins. This is a 13-yard game by the Minnesota Vikings. These are the things that the Denver Broncos are going to have to do. And what you said, Dio, I think is the most important thing, is finding ways for an elite route runner like yeah. Jerry Judy to get these man-to-man matchups so you can hit some explosives or at least stay on schedule with Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. Yeah, real quick question, because I'm – they're going to see a ton of man also physical at the line of scrimmage. Like mm-hmm. Kansas City, LeJerry Sneed wants to knock you mm-hmm. out and press man. Yeah, Number one thing those receivers have to do, knowing that that's going to be the case against Kansas City. Sense of urgency. Okay. Mm-hmm. You got to get into your route. You got to get into it quick. I think receivers make a big mistake by dancing too much in press coverage, and that in turn makes it easier for the, for the DB to guard. The, the, dude, the Chiefs defensive backs want to knock your head off when the ball mm-hmm. is snapped at the line yeah, of scrimmage. Yeah. They got to be great at the line tomorrow night. Good points, guys. You know, it's been easy to just look at Russ's results so far this season and say, ah, he still stinks. Very nice to point out that maybe that's not actually no, the case. No, he's playing good football. He's playing really good. All right, time for Russ one more thing. Good, man. Yeah, yeah, time for one more thing on the show. Uh, Robert Sala was asked about defending the tush push against Philly. Here's what he said. That, that front five they have is it's man, man on man, Wolvers will, and, uh, and it's, just a, it's just a scrum. And then the quarterback, like I said, he's so powerful. Just uh, whether they get it or not, like I said, we got we to gotta kiss him 11 times. Gosh, defenses are such babies. Hey, li- listen, what? listen, uh-uh. listen, defenses, if you guys don't want this play that. anymore, don't let them get the third and one and fourth and one. Stop complaining about it. Whoa. He said 11 kisses, Swaggoo. Whoa. Whoa, I don't, hey, hey guys, let's get out of here. Let's get the hell out of here. It was a great show today. Let's go. We had okay? to. I don't want touches you- and kisses. A part of no conversation we have about football. Don't take us back to LSU's campus, right. man. <laughs> we oh, had man. candy, we I had kisses. Candy. We'll do it again tomorrow, right Dude, here on NFL Live. You come with the Mac. <laughs> <laughs>